Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. This time I get to speak to Lena and Nico from Team CrossFit Oslo Navy Blue. We talk about what makes a team successful, Norwegians on public transport, and how they got that name. It's a fun conversation, so let's get started. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Welcome to Europe is Coming. Today I have Lena Richter and Nico Beudel from CrossFit Oslo, Team CrossFit Oslo, Navy Blue. Guys, I'm completely wrecked your names, but welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Listeners don't know that I just spent the last three minutes practicing that, but anyway, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. It's my first time having two guests on at the same time. Actually, I, that's the lie. I have had two guests on at the same time, but never two that know each other so well. So I'm hoping that you'll just answer each other, sent, finish each other's sentences for each other. Guys, where should we start? Because obviously we're going into 2023. Um, the new season is upon us. The teams have never looked more exciting. You guys have got to be um, looking forward to a great season. And here we are sitting at the end of January, beginning of February, ready to smash it, I'm sure. How are you feeling? Mm, we're feeling good, I think. Right now, uh, I think most of the team uh, is just like starting to get into stuff with training. Um, we're not in like the best shape, but we've done this a few years and we know uh, that's like semifinals and games is when we need to be super fit. And we know we can be super fit then. So I think we're we are relaxed. Yeah. You're in your cycle. Yeah, exactly. I had uh, like a pretty long off season now, like off season uh, since uh, the games actually. So I just started training three weeks ago, like proper. So I've been like a bear that goes down for like four months. And Hibernation. I, <laughs> I use the fat reserves and I have gained the fat reserves. So I am uh, ready for um, <laughs> ready for the new season now. It's hard to. Uh, it's always hard to start from scratch again but uh but uh after a while it feels uh, pretty good and uh, it's nice to have some extra extra <laughs> actually nika nika you could give me some advice then because i think i really resonate with the idea of being a bear yeah because i've i've found that as it's got colder in mallorca and the weather is it's not been very nice recently i just don't want to train i don't want to get out of my jumper what what do, what do you say to yourself to get yourself motivated to get myself motivated i just uh well do you want me to be honest or do you want yeah to... yeah well basically i've just been uh, home eating a lot of crap and uh, just had a very good time uh resting and uh so when you do this, then suddenly you want to like start training again because you're so tired of uh, not training and uh, not eating good. So then it's when I get to January, it's very nice to actually start again because then I want to be healthy. I want to get fit. And uh, and uh, I think that's, uh, for me, that's it's okay. It works for me. He does it like every year. <laughs> <laughs> but this year, this year you had a new home situation. 
Yeah, and I uh, got a father. Uh, I got <laughs> I don't got the father. I got a daughter. I know. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. How is she? How's it going? Uh, it's going very very good. She came like three weeks after the games, so and we also renovated the apartment. So that's a big reason why I also not haven't trained that much. <laughs> Uh, but uh, now it's going great. She's a happy baby, happy mother, and uh, things starting to happen now. Probably start falling around soon. It's going to be cool Kurt, to uh, to see that the CrossFit dads and CrossFit mums always really inspiring yeah. for the rest of uh, rest of us because it's actually super hard to come back from uh, from having a baby or, or or sleep deprivation. I guess in your in your uh, case, to uh, to train hard, so it completely changes your focus. Yeah, and I've experienced that I have have to uh, that I have to be more efficient, time efficient when I'm at training. I can't like hang around for an hour after training, chit chat. I just have to do the stuff and then go home. <laughs> So, Elena, can you can you tell me, like you told, you were just saying about how you guys have been doing this process for years. When did you actually start training in the team, and how did that all start? Um, so we've been me, Ingrid, and Avin have been doing like team for a long time. Uh, I think we had our first team competition in twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, maybe. Um, and we had a lot of team experience uh, at CrossFit Oslo or gym, and they always like want to do team, and it's been like this thing, but they never had a team at the games. So what I was trying to say earlier was just from the 2021 season and the 22, especially last year, um, just knowing that okay we're not super fit in january but this process into games like training super hard and getting super fit for this one big competition uh is working and we know it's gonna work and we know we're gonna get used to the worm and um, the communication and all that's needed uh, into the games a little bit more how did you come together as a team at the beginning whose idea was it it was a uh... Uh, we have this thing called functional fitness yes. that we Norway, and then uh, we had like uh, the national championship, which is, which is an uh, individual competition, and then uh, from there the five best girls and uh, males goes or uh, transfer to the world championship. And there's uh, two boys, two girls going team, and then uh, I've always been an individual athlete, and I've done that uh, the most. But uh, at this time, my dad was sick. Uh, he got cancer, and uh, then I wanted to try something new. And don't want—I didn't want to be alone. Then um, I wanted to join the team, and I got in the team. And we obviously did pretty good at the world championship, winning that. Uh, and then I enjoyed the team much more than I expected to. So I just continued doing uh, team stuff. Nico was a surprisingly good teammate like yeah he's uh he's just like warm and welcoming to everyone and he so focused at what we need to do and focused at everyone else and it's a different skill from being an individual and 
yeah, we're really, really happy that we could join the team. That was very nice. <laughs> You're going to learn a lot about yourself today, Nico. <laughs> what, um, what, in your opinion, Elena, is, is, uh, makes a good teammate then? Like I said, just seeing the other people. And I think, uh, you know, as an individual, and uh, I experienced it myself in the beginning, when you do team, it's, it's either you want, you want to um, show off yourself. Like, if you're good at something, you'll be like, yeah, I'm going to run first. You know, if we're all running, I'm going to be first because I'm good at it, which usually isn't a good idea. Like, when we run, Nico is the best runner, and he has to be in the back, like, pushing the others. That's how... Yeah, but really, that's how you have to do it as a teammate. And um, sometimes it can be, like, uh, on the warm. If you know... If you're doing a movement and you know you're good at it, you have to do more and you have to accept that you're going to do more. Like, okay, I know this movement is hard for the other teammates, so I have to take more. And that's a skill I think that's hard to uh, accept for some individual athletes because as an individual, it's like you're always trying to make it as easy for yourself. And uh, sometimes, I don't know, I've seen other teammates that are like, oh, they didn't do their part and then like they get annoyed that someone else in your team aren't good enough but you should be like okay I should do more it's kind of like being a, like everybody's mom and everybody's dad you know to be ge- that generous and that caring towards each other generous and caring absolutely and then you actually have to like the other person on the team like you really have to care for them because unless I don't think you're you're willing to put in that extra effort for someone else and for the team that kind of loyalty takes some time to build, I guess. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. And that's why it's not fun, but it's interesting watching these super teams where they put together people who are really like, maybe don't know each other on a deeper level and uh, they don't train that much together because then you see these things where they don't put out everything for each other sometimes. Because... You guys are a true team, aren't you? Because you train together all the time. Yeah, Nico doesn't train that much. but <laughs> <laughs> My cave. When he's not in his cave. Yeah. No, I'm cave now. But uh, it is as uh, Lena says. It's, um, you know, you're almost like a little family. We're four very good friends. Uh, we also argue we uh, <laughs> a lot. and uh, But... Uh, yeah it's like uh, she says that you can't do your own ego thing like if you're good at something and just show off your hey look at me it's like you just have to do the the more effort without maybe uh people even noticing it like you do it for the team you do it for your friends do it for like yeah and to be like four people knowing each other so good i think that's uh that's our strength in the team that we know each other so well and that we are so good friends now we want good for each other it seems to me like a cross a crossfit team is actually almost like the essence of crossfit itself the community because you're taking care of each other you're pushing each other and everybody everybody's got to get across the line in order for you to win yeah yeah oh i wouldn't steal the essence of crossfit because i think the community essence is way beyond this but yeah it's uh maybe team like 
uh, elite teams are showcasing more CrossFit community than individual uh, elites, maybe. Yeah. What What do you think made, has made your team so successful? I think it's because we know each other so well and that we are like four friends doing it, not like four for individual athletes meeting up and uh, like mixing a team then okay we are four very fit people but we really don't know each other that well so i think that's our strength uh we're like probably not the best individuals for individuals but as a team we are one of the best i would say for sure and also i like yeah we're not the best individuals but none of us have big holes in our fitness I think that's uh, like good as an as an individual. Like, if you're insanely good at gymnastics, but you're not that strong, or you're not you're super strong, but you're not that good at conditioning, which is typical, you can still end up on the podium because you're so good at the things you're good at. But as a team, if you're if you can't do gymnastics, uh, your yeah, the whole team will suffer. And we're like, just like good enough at everything. I think there's still a lot we need to uh, improve, and we will. That's like our main goal this season to individually improve. But yeah, I think that's good. Who came up? Who came up with the name um, Navy Blue and why? Because that really that confuses me. I mean, what is it to do with the flag? Is it to do? Is it to do with the color of your underwear? What is it? <laughs> I really should I do the story. I want to know the story as well because I don't know it as okay. He oh, doesn't know the story. Okay, <laughs> this is this is like uh, an old story. Um, so me, Ingrid, and Avin was at this small competition here in Norway. Um, I think it was the three to one go. If you remember, Nico. Uh, yeah, the old. Uh... Yeah, the old three to one go. So we were signing up for this one just as fun. And I guess we were supposed to do the qualifier to French throwdown. Like we were like, yeah, we're gonna we're going there. We're getting it was a sanctional, and we're gonna go to the games. <laughs> we were super hyped, and we did this qualifier for this small competition instead because it was so easy. We felt like it, and um, Avin does this like made up name Navy Blue. I don't know why. His head is like his favorite color so the team was navy blue this is like i think it was 2019 uh so we did a navy blue and then this year as we realized or last year we we realized that there's going to be a lot of teams from crossfit oslo and usually we've done this wolfpack thing which is like wolfpack team black or white and silver and gray whatever and I think Avin was a little bit sick of it, like the Wolfpack thingy. And he was just like, no, we're going navy blue. <laughs> and we were like, we were 100% sure that we're going to remove it to the semifinals and games. We're just going to have navy blue at like the open just to, uh, you know, uh, differentiate us from the other teams from CrossFit Oslo. And we couldn't change it. And we had navy blue. It's in the rules. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I read the, the team rules this afternoon. It's like that's why. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is, the other team at CrossFit Oslo, they saw this navy blue team or our name, and they were like, "This is hilarious!" Like it sounds like a kindergarten, and they put 
purple red red. yeah which isn't the color it's even worse (laughs) (laughs) i think they have like teams from crossfit oslo so the whole rainbow color is coming (laughs) yeah so you are you gonna stick the colors then you're gonna stick with it i don't know we'll see i think people like navy blue they're like yeah navy blue (laughs) it could be unlucky to change it now yeah maybe (laughs) we'll we'll see huh so how many more teams at CrossFit Oslo are going to be coming through? I thought, I, I think there's like seven teams or something. Yeah. That's what I Whoa. Color is coming. It's going to be <laughs> green, black, and I don't know, white, uh, red, and everything. You've got enough for the pride flag then. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously with uh, you guys coming second last year in the games and second the year before, I'm feeling, I'm hoping that you're feeling quite confident about this year, given that a certain somebody isn't going to be um, competing at team level any longer. How do you feel about it? Are you excited or are you like completely oblivious to this fact that Froning is is no longer in the team? I'm uh, I'm very excited for a team this year, but uh, I actually think it's a little sad that they're not uh, coming because I think we are... uh, going to be prepped so much better this year and we know what we had to work on from the last season and uh, I'm pretty confident that we could have uh, given them a very proper fight this year maybe even beating them so uh, I think that's that's a little sad but uh, I'm uh, I also think there's going to be a lot of uh, other good teams this year as they have uh, uh, as you don't have to be from the same box anymore and I know there's a couple of European teams that uh, has some high-level athletes, so uh, it's going to be a fun season. We'll see at semifinals where the level is at. That's true. I mean, it's I mean, it's the, it's going to be huge the semifinals, isn't it? With forty teams competing, that's going to be chaos. So many people. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot. And I also have to mention the CrossFit Invictus team from last year. They was uh, they were pretty good as well. So uh, hopefully, we'll give them a fight too. True. Yeah, they were solid, and there's a lot of yeah, solid teams coming up. And uh, yeah, but also I agree with Nico. It's kind of sad that Froning isn't doing team again. I don't know with the rest of the team, but yeah. I was looking to see if they were still going to enter, and I haven't been able to find any information. So I'm. I was. Well, I guess we'll see, soon see if other team members maybe will replace him. Or they'll all go individual or they're going to hang up their shoes as well. Yeah, it's exciting. Since they changed the rules, so suddenly he's back. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Our team is back. I mean, there's some potential super teams, aren't there, being formed. Plus, we've got um, like Andre Hude has just announced he's got he's, um, he's in a team this year with uh, Julie and a couple of other athletes whose names I've not written down. But there's there's... There's so much to be done between now and even quarterfinals in order for a team to be able to get through because, there's so, like you said, there's so many things. They have to get used to each other. They have to be able to communicate well. I mean, what advice, if you wanted to give any advice to these guys, what advice would you give a new team? Go into the cave to the summer. <laughs> no, I think uh, just be together and... Uh do team stuff i've seen uh, andre's team doing a lot of worm that's i think that's a smart move and he's obviously a very good athlete as he's improved a lot a uh, couple of years so uh, 
think he knows what he's doing, but uh, there's four people. That's the main problem. So they have to just get good at team stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I think you have to be like ready to take criticism from your teammates. Ooh. Yeah, but, but in, in a good way. Like if you're doing a hard workout and you're just like punching out one hard workout after the other, And you never learn from it, you know, because, okay, you should do the hard workout and it's going to get messy. Like you're going to, sorry, not going to swear. Are you going to mess up the, (laughs) you're going to mess up the rep scheme or whatever you had planned, or maybe you're realizing, okay, we didn't have a plan and we're all just standing there shouting at each other. And that is the reality of a lot of team training. Uh, It's going to get messy. And afterwards, you need to really like take the criticism you get. If someone says, uh, hey, Lena, but you didn't do this. Like you were not like too slow or something, but uh, you didn't know the next movement or you were standing in the wrong place and stuff like that. You need to take it and like really work on it until next time. Because if you're not, you're not going to get better. And you might have to like change your rhythm and stuff. Like you have some some movement slower or faster and you can do what you used to do so you have to make changes that it's uh, that can be difficult to do when you have been training for so long and like find your own rhythm and then you're suddenly gonna rhythm with the three others <laughs> and you have to like discuss what what's the best way to do this like if your rhythm on the chest bars are all off like the sink chest bars like you have to decide okay do I have to go slower? Do this person have to go faster? Is it uh, like possible for this person to go faster? It's not. Okay, then I have to go slower. Is it going to be harder for me to go slower? Yes. Okay, then maybe you have to break up more. You know, it's super complex, but you should take the time to just discuss these things and not just like do workouts and then go. When, you, when you're presented with workouts, who makes the strategies? Who decides on... Who's going to do what? Is that, is that, have you got like a leader or somebody who always makes the call or do you guys take it in turns? We, we discussed it together, but uh, we like come up with options or, yeah, it's, it's a little different from time to time, but, uh, but we also have uh, the coaches uh, helping us a little bit, but uh, we also been training for several years. So we, we make some calls ourselves as well. Yeah. By now, I think we just know, like we know each other so well. Um, but in the beginning, it was nice to just have a coach who says like, this is the way yeah. I'm going to do it like this. And then afterwards you go like, yeah, but maybe we should have done this and this. And I'm usually like being the pacer of uh, the very uh, many of the movements. So it's easier to less one one is doing the pace and the other is uh, trying to just follow. Things like that is a lot to think about. I feel like <laughs> I feel like we're giving really good tips and uh, I think for you those who are going team, you should really listen to this and uh, yeah, it's gonna be scary because not all the tips are gonna be actually really good. <laughs> But it, it it takes so much planning, doesn't it? I mean, I it's a, thinking about the kind of the the level of of um, strategy an individual athlete goes into when they're um, looking at a ward, and you've got to 
do that for four people for all of their different strengths and we and and weaknesses and make it make it work in a, in a in a machine that is the team sometimes they get a very little notice yeah but that's that's our strength because we know each other so good so well and that's the problems for other teams because some think that oh this is easy and then he doesn't know that uh, one of the girls or one of the boys is uh, it's not that easy for him or her yeah I was at the games um, last summer and I watched you guys crushing workouts. Like it was not like they were, it was, it was impressive the efficiency that you were getting things done. And as an external uh, uh, spectator, I had no, I'd never thought about how um, much communication is important in a team until I was watching the, th- the teams of three at Waterpalooza recently. And I realized if you can't hear each other, you're really screwed, aren't you? <laughs> Do you are you are you talking to each other through the workouts all the time? We practice a lot of nonverbal communication. So it's like instead of let's say you're gonna do synchronized chest bars and you're standing under the rig, and instead of doing the typical three, two, one jump, you just stand there and when you're ready, you you know, that's like the, the cue, that's what you're looking for. Or you're taking a not ready. If everyone is standing behind or under the rake, you know it, they're ready. Don't give them and you like that. Yeah, shush, Lena. Don't tell everybody your secrets. Shush, sorry. They <laughs> like body language when Lena is doing this. I know she's angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. Like just knowing how people feel and yeah, knowing like, okay, if we're doing this movement, Nico might uh, like get more worn out or something I don't know I like yeah in between in the off season I think that I I think I saw you Lena at um, Madrid hmm. having a really fun time on your own yeah yeah I did. <laughs> um, what was that like uh, no it was fun I I enjoy competing like I enjoy taking uh, the stage or taking the floor and just like getting yeah showing off myself sometimes uh, and just being there. Um, and yeah, it's fun. I remember from the first time we were at the games, like when when you for the first time get this whole like games experience and you're there and everything is just so cool and big. And I was thinking to myself, I want to do this on my own one time, not because it's better or cooler or anything, but I think it's a different experience. And the first year was more overwhelming than the second one. Because then, it, you know, it's you know how to do it. You know it with your team. And I realized both the first year in 2021 and 2022 that, like, shit, I'm really dependent on my team here. Like, it's super scary. And it's so much people. And they're so good. And I was just, like, thinking, how would it be to be here on your own? Like, what a big mental challenge uh, that would be. And, uh, yeah, I would love to be there someday as an individual. But, I don't know, Nico's been there. Yeah. Yeah. 2019, I was there. It's uh, quite an experience. It's uh, two different stories, team and individual. There's... Obviously, you're on your own, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's just totally different. Two different, not two different sports, but two completely different things. It's uh, you, you need to have like something that 
motivates you or something that you want to achieve for going individual, you like have to have the drive all the way to like suffer in silence uh, or, or alone. You're so much more alone. And I didn't have even any team for me I was, uh, when I did it. So, But I had like this drive that I always want to be the best in Norway. So I just keep pushing, keep pushing because I want to be the best and I want to go to the games. And then uh, so, uh, paid off eventually. <laughs> the drive has changed a little bit. So now I just want to do good with the team. And, uh, and my individual career is uh, over. When you're not training, guys, what are you doing? Like work-wise? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I started as an electrician after school. I uh, worked there, worked like five years, and I was one year in the military. And then I um, started uh, working as a fireman about like 10 years ago. So now I work as a fireman. And i uh, obviously a dad <laughs> now. I have a dog. So basically, I'm a lot on, out on trips and uh, working as a fireman. And uh, I have my own company that I'm also uh, working on now. So Oh, yeah. What's that for? It's uh, called Ryko and it's uh, cell fitness equipment. Just started like uh, a year ago. So it's uh, in the be- beginning of the process now. So when I stop training that much, I will focus more on that. But for now, I will train a lot. <laughs> we'll train a lot. And Lena? Yeah, um, right. I'm a I'm a physiotherapist. Like uh, that's my education. Yeah, <laughs> my my build. I don't know how to say degree. It. Degree. Thank Qualific- you. Words. <laughs> uh, same as Ingrid. Uh, but right now, none of us are working as a physiotherapist and uh, trying to just be a full time athlete. So I have like small stuff that I do on the side. I do some social media stuff for Craigie training. And yeah, I do some coaching at the gym. Just I have this uh, senior group that I really love. They're 65 plus and they're so cute. I had them today. <laughs> you put them for your paces? Yeah, no, no, they're just, oh, they're, they're the best. And they always like make my day every time. So I have them twice a week. So it's it's work, but it's not really work, work. It's it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Because if you're working and training, I can I just from the athletes I've spoken to, as soon as they go all in and don't have anything else to do except train, their performance gets um, like improves immediately. So when you're when you're working and training, as a, or, or you have other responsibilities, how do you make it all work? How do you set the boundaries? How do you know when to pull back? Well. My job, I work shifts, so I have like 24-hour shifts. So, uh, and I have a lot of time off because I'm so because I'm like 24 hours at work. I have several days off. So, work-wise, it's it's like the best work that I can have for like uh, doing this sport. Uh, but of course, if I didn't have any job, I would have been better. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> Nico disappeared. Nico. Ah, he'll be back. Yeah, we can hear you. Where is it? <laughs> we can't see you, but we can hear you. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ta da! That's well the done. Wrong. That's, that's the your dad. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, this is funny. We should we should have this on the podcast. I think I'm gonna keep it in. Actually, we're basically looking at Nico's lap. <laughs> there he is. Hello. Talk about yeah, like yeah. Because I know. 
On your Instagram, I know that you're a firefighter because you put it on there. And um, my experience of firemen, especially where, where, I, am, where I used to live in London, is, is exactly that. So you have a 24-hour shift and then you have lots of time off. But they would do it in blocks of weeks and then they would have weeks off where they'd go and work as um, kitchen fitters or builders or something else. They, were, they had like two or three full-time jobs. And uh, it, was, it was very impressive what firemen can get up to when they're not putting out fires and rescuing kittens from trees. It was, yeah. That's true. There's a lot of people that has uh, several works and uh, many of them are uh, workers, as you say. So that's because, yeah, that we have the time off because we're, uh, we're at, uh, when we're at the fire station, we're there for such a long time. So that's why... The like um, training, uh, training for the games and stuff is is going that good with uh, like a hundred percent work because you have so much time off. But uh, if I didn't have that work uh, or that job, it would have been better sports wise. But then I would have like not have a home, so <laughs> <laughs> no money. Let my place, and I want that. In your in in Norway, where you guys live, are you kind of famous? as outside of the CrossFit community, would you say? Is it, because I know that functional fitness is a really popular sport in Norway. So are you guys actually stopped on the street or is it still kind of a small sport over there? It's a small sport, sport but we had some like uh, live streams on uh, like the national uh, channel. Is that what it's called? Yeah. National tv channel so someone know who we are but it's not a big sport at all we're not getting stopped on the street by people who don't like no crossfit yeah no okay well i mean i think maybe i would stop you on the street <laughs> yeah maybe maybe <laughs> um, and to wrap up i want to ask you two questions firstly have you booked your flights for madison already no yeah. i'm thinking we should look at the prices soon and get that nailed down because yeah. uh, flights get expensive. And secondly, what would you tell um, listeners who have never been to Norway? What thing do you think, what surprising thing about Norway could you tell me? A surprising thing? Yeah, like a, a, something I don't know about Norway. Like, if you, get, uh, like uh, if you get on the bus or the train, no one will talk to you. Really? <laughs> yeah, because we're very antisocial. In Norway, so if there's like you know, in the bus there's like two seat, two seat, two seat, two seat. There's always one Norwegian on two seats, and the next Norwegian have their own two seats. And there, if one in in the front of the bus, the next man comes in, he will get in the back of the bus. So there's <laughs> less chance to. Try. Yeah, if you if you by chance are sitting on like the same two seater with someone else, and that person has to get off this like get off the bus, they're not gonna like tap you and say hey i'm gonna this is my stop or something like that no no they just like move their bag a little bit that's like the secret cue they move their bag and you're just like yeah okay they're getting off and then you move okay so you do a lot of non-verbal communication already in norway <laughs> i have another fun fact okay i think norway is the country where we drink the most pepsi max really no, not more than the usa no, no, I, I, I'm going to Google this, but I'm pretty sure. It's insane. Wow. Why? Yeah, people love Pepsi Max. I don't know. Is Pepsi Max the one with the sugar or one without sugar? Without sugar, yeah. Because okay. we're so, you know. Health conscious. 
This episode of Europe is Coming was sponsored by Pepsi Max. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, it would be really good if we were sponsored by Pepsi Max, but we aren't. Thank you very much for spending time with me today. And um, I can really see why you're such a great team because you you were listening to each other and you were really like nicely talking to each other, supportive. And I hope that I will see you in Berlin and I hope that we'll all get to Madison. Yeah. Yeah. Hope so as well. Number one on the podium, guys. It's got to be this year, huh? That's the mission. Yeah. We'll certainly do our best. And uh, thank you. Is this it a fun chat. Possible? That's us. Pardon? Mission Impossible, that's us. No, it's not impossible. No. no. Mission Impossible. impossible. He always does impossible. That's us. <laughs> okay. Back to Tom Cruise movies. Yeah. Yeah. Can I keep in the bit about the cues on the rig or shall I take that out, Lena? Oh, um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think, Nico? I want to keep it. You can just say, <laughs> when, she, when she says the cues, you can then like, really funny that would be funny yeah yeah this was a lovely chat i really enjoyed it it was lovely to meet you too and um see you on the dance floor as they say bye 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 thank you lena and nico your secrets are safe with me (laughs) if you're enjoying the podcast it really helps if you can subscribe and give us a five-star rating it all helps the show to grow. This episode was edited by Marta Candel Vidal and hosted by me, Vicky McLeod. Until next time, thanks for listening and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.